following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. One day, I'm going to find out if that's true. I'm going to take the time, and I'm going to go ask them. Did you listen to the show? Did you agree or disagree? And I'll report back and let you know if we actually are representing their views or not. They're just saying this. We don't know if it's true. It could be fake news. I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. Uh, joined in the studio by three fine gentlemen, uh, one of them whom I owe an apology. I'll explain why in just a second. So uh, there's a little teaser for you. But Imran Razvi here. He's a pastor with a house church up in the northern part of Frederick County. He's got an organization that he and his wife founded years ago and that his son Daniel is involved with as well called Conquered by Love Ministries. They have a website, conqueredbylove.org. And uh, that's particularly pertinent because we've been talking about the resources they have available in recent weeks. And we're going to be doing that again this week, talking specifically about homeschooling. And I want to really drill down on the uh, more emphasis on the role that dads should have in homeschooling more so than anything else. Also joined this week by David Forsey, a familiar voice to those fans of the faith debate fans. I think we got two or three. Uh, he's uh, pastoring a house church that's uh, uh, more on the south end of Frederick County, at least most weekends. I think that's uh, where they are. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ in the center of Frederick County. We have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. And Steve, formerly known as Jaeger, Jurger, is the man whom I own, owe an apology, because last week I referred to him as Steve Jaeger two or three times or four or five times. However many times I said his name, I said it wrong every single time. Ugh! Can't believe I would do such a thing. So it's Steve Jurger, and uh, he's uh, serving in a pastoral role. He's an elder with a... Um, a, a, a kind of an interesting house church organization. We'll talk a little bit about that, if not this week, maybe next week's show. Um, the setup that they have with their house church, they don't have one just one main location. They kind of hop up, hop around. They might show up at your house this week. Just pay attention. <laughs> so, like I said, like I teased, I, I want to talk about the... Um, uh, the issue of homeschooling, we've got some good men to talk about that here. All of us, I think, I don't know for sure about Steve, I'm going to guess that the answer is yes with Steve. All of us have some experience with homeschooling, some a lot more than others. Uh, and one of the books, or, you know, booklets, whatever, they're, I'm not sure what you want to call them, but I, I want to let you know that if you go and get the resources from uh, Conquered by Love Ministries, go to their website and look at the resources. These aren't like tomes. You know, these aren't like 500-page volumes you're going to have to digest. These are, you know, they're, they're quick, they're breezy, they're, they're to the point kind of thing, so you don't have to be intimidated. And one of them is called Dad's Role in Homeschooling. So, so that came out. Uh, we do a lot of uh, workshops all over the country on Adopt adoption and children and parents and family unity and so forth. And many dads would come, and these were a lot of times at uh, homeschool conferences, and many dads would come and say, well, what is our role in homeschooling? I mean, our wife homeschools, and I go to work. I'm, you know, cutting trees like uh, David here, or I'm, you know, putting together houses, or I'm doing plumbing or electrical, or I'm an engineer, or I'm a doctor, or whatever. What is my role? Because my wife is the one that's homeschooling. And so that really question came out from a lot of people asking us, hey, so do you know what is what is a dad's role? Now, before we get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of that, I just want to put the cards on the table here so you kind of know where I'm coming from and you guys can play off of this or not. It's up to you. Um, I think that homeschooling has always been a kind of a – it's been at least a neat idea. I think in more recent decades it was a good idea. And I think that now we have entered a, a, a season of American life where it is a necessary idea. Um, 
if you're paying attention at all. Your children are in harm's way if you send them to the government-run pagan public school system. They are in harm's way. And I understand, I've had conversations, trust me, I, I've, I've probably lost friends over this, I don't know. I've had some really direct conversations with people, and they say, well, but you don't understand, it's hard, and you know, me and my wife, we both work, or there's this situation, that situation, we want them to be socialized, they're really in athletics, and that's important, or they want to be in the school band. They have all these different reasons. All I can say, and I'm going to say this in a shock, I'm, going to, I'm aiming for shock value here. If you would make the same, use the same excuses to send your child into a burning building, then go for it. Because that's what you're doing. Spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, their worldview, you're sending them into a disaster zone, a burning building for hours a day, every single day during the school year. And you say, oh, but my son, my daughter, they're going to be a witness for Christ. They're outnumbered, they're outflanked, they're outgunned intellectually, depending on their age and where they are and their spiritual development. They, not, they might not be able to handle what you think they can handle. You might not be able to handle what they have to handle. Do you even know what they have to handle? Are you in there? No. So anyway, that's my little piece. I'm going to let you guys kind of handle the homeschooling expertise, but that's my plea to you, please. Now, those who are running to make a difference in the school board, they're running for office and all that sort of stuff, I, I'm rooting for them, I hope, because you know what? A lot of pagans will still send their kids to school, and they need to be taught the truth and, instead of the nonsense that gets taught. But trust me, if you care about like the Bible, you care about Christian worldview, you care about your kids growing up to be normal, homeschooling has become a necessary idea. So Yeah, so a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm back up on that, so a lot of uh, Christians say, well, we are called to be salt in the earth, and we're sending our kids to be salt in the schools. But you know what? You can put as much salt as you want in poison. It's still poison. And the school, public school system is poison. It will kill your child spiritually. It will kill your child emotionally. It will kill your child over and over again. And it doesn't matter how much salt it is. It's still poison. So on that note, we'll let one of the other people speak because we're both very passionate about this. Yeah, so um, Steve, why don't, you, why don't you take a stab at it? You might be the voice of reason. Well... One of the things that we had to really reconcile early on, my wife and I, as our kids were coming up, because now I have adult children and now grandchildren. Um, and so I see this is not something that you're out of the fight once your kids are grown up, because i got grandkids. And one of the things that we had to really count as a cost is that we, by the grace of God, made it. My wife had a very good, high-paying career. She was a physical therapist, and, you know, I was a construction worker. And uh, we decided to That's a it. good combination, by the way. Had to construction workers benefit from good physical therapy. <laughs> and and I, was, I was in excavation and um, did a lot. You know, we had our own business, and which made it so that my wife was able to stay home with the kids. And so part of a role of a homeschool dad is to make it so that mom doesn't have to work, if possible. I mean, if by the grace of God, to be able to have uh, enough income coming in so that that single income, which is a real challenge today, it is a real... I mean, Particularly the, in these here parts, right? I mean, if I was coming up all over again, 
what would it look like to a young couple with kids just, you know, coming in? It just, it's really amazing. And that's part of the reason why we need community and we need, um, uh, you know, self-employed uh, individuals versus being, uh, relying on the system because COVID shut everything down. And what could you do? I mean, this thing could go in many different directions, but to be able to have the ability to uh, work and mom stay at home and um, be able to at least have that foundation to be able to have homeschooling to work. Now, David Forsey, you uh, are a homeschooling dad. Right? Your, your yeah. wife is, spends a lot of time with the kids, and you're involved, I know, as well. And in addition, you guys are involved in uh, like a cooperative program where a whole bunch of homeschooling families get together, and you're very instrumental and involved in that as well. So um, if you would, like a two-pronged thing, talk a little bit about your experience as a dad who's got homeschooled kids, and then also talk about what Steve was just addressing, the need for community and what your role, what that has looked like for you and your family. Yeah. No, I, I, a couple of things I, you know, that Steve said, I think are, are super important. Um, which is, uh, you know, if the, the, the dad has to, I think, uh, one really, really value, um, the, the work that is, his wife is doing, uh, to, um, you know, and, and the, the time and the energy and the involvement that that takes with the kids. And then, um, and then, you know, and be, uh, be, be aware of, of what's going on. I, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, probably a temptation for a lot of dads to just say, you know, that's not my, not my area, not my, not my zone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's important to, to be aware and, and, and as involved as possible. And that's, you know, that's going to look different, um, certainly for, for each family, but, um, yeah, and it's, and it's not going to happen without making it a priority and, you know, adjusting, adjusting the expectations of, you know, what, what the finances are going to be able to do and where they're going to be able to go. But the social pressures, the financial pressures, and the, uh, the, the habits that we all kind of, um, as a society, grew up with are all things working against and, and tell the average family, yeah, I hear what you guys are saying on the radio, but that's just not realistic for me. So some practical things, maybe it does mean you have to figure out how to live in a, a smaller house or in a slightly different area uh, that, that's maybe still kind of in the community where you recognize and you want to go shopping and stuff, but it's a less exclusive neighborhood. You can, you know, trade your $500,000 house for a $300,000 house or trade your $350,000 house for, uh, you know, well, you, $280,000. You don't have to something. pay more to live in a district that has good schools. So that helps. <laughs> that's true. You don't have to worry about that. Maybe you can go to anywhere where the property taxes are lower. You could even leave the state. You don't have to stay in Maryland. So you can make those kinds of choices. Uh, those are hard life change paradigm shifting choices. I get it. But let's say somebody makes some, and you can, you want to chime in on that? Yeah. So we in America have, are in the land of plenty. We not only demand all these things, but we expect all these things. And um, I'm in the insurance business. I've been in the insurance business a long time. And I've had some clients from other countries, from Africa, from Jamaica. And they'll have three or four families living in one house 
for several years and sharing a bedroom, the whole family. And they will do that until they've got their money and be able to pay cash for houses and pay cash for things and not be in debt and not be in that cycle of always trying to service debt and always trying to service, you know, trying to catch up. I think they they say, okay, they have a long-term goal. We don't have long-term goals. In fact, if the line is more than four people in this country, then we, we go to a different place. I'm not staying in line for four people. <laughs> I need service now. And that's kind of the same thing with homeschooling and, and money. There's a lot of things we don't need. Okay, We don't need all the different frills and things, but that we just come to expect it in this country. So that's the first thing. We have to give that up. But as a dad's role, the dad is the principal. He's the protector and provider. Yes, that is his role. But in the role in homeschooling, he's the principal. He can't come in and teach the kids. Now, the, some dads do homeschool and the, and, and the mom works. And that's fine. I mean, it's whatever God calls you to, and that's not a big deal. Um, but I think in most normal uh, families, the dad is usually the breadwinner. And if that's the case, he is the principal. He is the leader. In fact, God placed the man as the leader in the household. And so he's the principal. One of the things I've seen a lot of times is dads will come in and try to correct everything you know, that they feel that the wife is not doing properly in front of And it's undermining her efforts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we as dads might not see all the other things that are going when we're not there. So we have to be very cognizant about it. You don't see a principal coming in and starting teaching a class. They just don't do that. So in the same role as a dad, as a, dad, as a principal, there's always going to be things that we think should be done better because that's who we are. We are but we need to have private conversations and ask instead of tell we need to ask so what's going on in this area and you know i see this can you explain to me what what's going on so we can get a better understanding and come alongside his wife as in this role as a as a guide and as leader but not as a micromanager yeah, and that can i think look like uh being very involved in maybe selecting the the curriculum right the dad's not necessarily going to be the one who's you know, carrying that out on a day-to-day basis, but to say, okay, what are, uh, you know, how how do I want my children to be instructed, and, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what what worldview do we want to make sure is uh, being put forward, um, you know, in the in the overall studies. Um, let's let's try to make this practical for a possible listener. You know, theoretically, there might be somebody listening, you know, who this exactly fits them, but hopefully it's going to touch enough bases that the, the responses we give will be helpful. They've got three kids, a third grader, a sixth grader, a ninth grader. They've been going to public school all these years, but now they, you know, light's gone on in their head like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, uh, the stuff that they're teaching in school, I, I, and I'm hearing these guys on the radio, okay, I'm agreeing what do they do? What's, what's, what, what, what are the processes they should be thinking about? Because I picked that on purpose. You know, you got a, kind of an earlier education situation, a middle school child and a high schooler who might be involved in band or sports or, and the social dynamic and stuff. How do you navigate that as a family? What, what advice? Where do you start maybe? What's the first thing you start with? I think you start by getting to know uh, families who are already homeschooling, have been homeschooling. And how do you do that? Well, you can ask Troy for my number or something like that, I guess. Because <laughs> you know a lot of homeschool families. Yeah. Because yeah. you're involved in an organization that, that is like nationwide or international even, mm-hmm. maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, um, 
so yeah, and so there are very complete um, curriculums that that go from, and I, you know, I'd say because there are a lot of parents who tr- say, you know, I want, I want to, I, I'm, it drives me crazy to think about um, trying to come up with everything, you know, trying to figure out what to teach my my kids day by day, and and that's not that's a that's an easy hurdle to overcome. Now, let's take them uh, one at a time. The third grader, it's like an eight-year-old, I think, right? Their biggest issue a parent might have there is, well, I want them to be social. I don't want them to become socially awkward. I want them to make friends and we have a peer group and that sort of thing. So your your response to that would be? Uh, community. Um, if you are able to find or join within a community that has the similar pillars of faith and belief systems and you have other children of the same age, then it is easier for that child to be able to kind of go with the flow, so to speak. Um, But trying to homeschool by yourself without support is extremely difficult. It it can be done, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Well, Steve, I'm going to have to disagree with you. We're going to have a fight right here. Um, nowhere in your life, Steve, I'll pick on you because you said that, do you deal with people in your own age group? Even in this room, we got a 53-year-old, 56-year-old, and maybe, what, 22? Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the thing is, we don't deal with people our own age. Why do children have to deal with somebody their own age? They don't. Um, they have to have interactions with other people that have logical um, conversations, godly, biblical conversations, because that's what builds a character. Dealing with other eight-year-olds that don't have any godly character doesn't build you a social life. Dealing with somebody else that does have godly character and and is hopefully uh, more mature than you will build your social aptitude and uh, your ability to communicate with anybody at any level. And it's one of the biggest things that really bothers me when people say people have, kids have to socialize with the people their own age. No, they don't. In fact, that's one of the worst things you can do is put a whole bunch of eight-year-olds in the same room and, and think they're going to learn something from each other. They don't. They actually always go to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> have you read Lord of the Flies? Exactly. <laughs> so, sorry, Steve, picking on you, but I, I think that a lot of people believe that. And well, actually, you know, it's interesting because last week, you know, uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder came up and a, a lot of everybody in this room probably is familiar with the Little House on the Prairie TV show. Yeah. And those iconic scenes of they would use the, the church house as a schoolhouse during the week. And all the kids, all different ages, are in the same room at the same time with one teacher. And so there, there, that, there's a longstanding historical model for that. Let's turn to the, uh, to the sixth grader, the middle schooler. At that point, I think one of the concerns a parent might have is they're starting to learn, like, I don't know, calculus and, you know, hard math and real science. And I, I don't think I can... I don't wouldn't know how to teach them. What only, do we say? About only Raz's kids do that at sixth and sixth grade. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example of some not a homeschool. You weren't uh, introduced to like trigonometry, trigonometry uh, <laughs> and statistics and things in, in uh, back when I was that age. It was called junior high. You weren't introduced to that stuff in junior high. I was really. Yeah, the uh, trig was in junior high. Um, at least, at least for me as well. But. I bring up some, somebody in, in public school, Ben Carson. You all probably heard of Ben Carson, know who Ben Carson is. He's, you know, with the, with the notorious, g- gifted uh, hands. Notorious, is that the right word? No, not, not noteworthy. Noteworthy. Noteworthy brain surgeon. Yeah. and uh, uh, he, he, Gifted hands, great story. Okay. If you look look at him, his mother um, 
had no education. She couldn't read or write. But she knew that people that were successful could read and write and do certain things. So she told her kids that they had to go to the library and do a, do a book report every week. She couldn't correct it. But she would just take a red marker and circle random things all over the place and mark things. Didn't know what she was doing. But it made her, her kids believe that she was actually reading her st- their stuff. And they, they were far better educated even at their current level than she was because she couldn't read. The name but, of that movie was Gifted Hands? So Gifted was, Hands, yeah. Okay. I remember but, the movie. I didn't remember the but title. But you look at the biography and everything else. And, and you know, Ben Carson and his brother were both labeled as never going to be able to succeed in anything because they were so terrible kids because they had a broken family and no, no home life. Now, she couldn't teach them. But she guided them in the right place, and they were able to get it in public schools. But that is no longer available now. The public school system is poison. It absolutely is poison. So at a homeschool, they have done several studies that even somebody with an eighth grade education level will, if they homeschool, their kids will be superior in most cases, like 95% of the time, than the average student that's graduating from high school. If you look at the standardized test scores for what those are worth, the, the homeschool students uh, are always far outperforming the, the uh, pagan school system. Absolutely. I mean... Far, it's not even close. And if, and if you're concerned about taking your kids out of out of uh, public schools, there's a gentleman, Vodi Bakum. He has a uh, video out there, a uh, uh, sermon, uh, "Children of Caesar." Please take your time and actually watch that uh, sermon, "Children of Caesar," because we're so much into well, my kids needs this and my kid needs that. That's not going to keep them from heaven. That's what's the most important thing. In fact, it'll, it'll get them closer to hell if they if you allow them to do those kind of things. And that's very important in anything that you decide to go after. Is is missing that going to keep your child from going to heaven? Is missing public school, is missing socialization, is missing football practice or band practice, is that going to keep them from going to heaven? If that is your one litmus test, test then you can get away, get rid of a lot of garbage in this life and really focus on what the true uh, role as a father is, is to keep your children going towards Christ. We're heading down the home stretch on, on this week's show, so I don't have time to like uh, ask another question. I think I have a little more I wanted to talk about, though, so maybe we'll carry over and we'll begin uh, next week's show, finishing up some loose ends on this topic, and then we might transition into uh, some other things that are kind of related to it as well, and it'll be, it'll be a thematic show, but, uh, but broadly thematic next week, because i got some things I want to say. But I will say this in the time I have remaining, because one scenario – uh, that I have experience with, my family does, uh, that isn't necessarily the, the norm, is can you homeschool if you have a special needs child, particularly if they're profoundly affected in special needs? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, the special needs uh, program in Frederick County uh, horrifically uh, failed uh, our son uh, when he was younger. We pulled him from the system, and my, my wife, it was hard, and she didn't have community around her, and so she was doing it, fighting the fight on her own, and... Uh, he accomplished things that we were guaranteed by the system he would never be able to learn to do. And uh, he's in a way better place, and uh, he's, he's charming and got a personality, and he's enjoying life, and there's so many good things there. So even a special needs child, you can homeschool. So this is the Faith Debate. I want to thank Imran Razvi and um, Steve Yerger and uh, David Forsey. 
Uh, I'm Troy Skinner. Um, we're all pastors or in, in elder leadership role with house churches in the area. Uh, mine has a website, Household of Faith in Christ. That's dot uh, com. That's Household of Faith in Christ dot com. And the Rasbys, they have a, uh, a website for their uh, organization. We're talking about all these different family issues. It's conqueredbylove.org. You can check that out there. Of course, go to WFMD.com. Until next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. God bless.